everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The Houston Astros pulled out the brooms and gave the Seattle Mariners a nice little sweep out of Minute Maid Ballpark and sent them on their ways yesterday. Verlander, solid. Breggs, sensational. As the Astros complete the three-game sweep there in Minute Maid Ballpark of Hannah Five Names, Fighting Seattle Mariners, April champs go down yet again. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and company. Not to worry. Producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, not only is she here, she's ready to do a great job. She understands that's a 162-game season, and she's not going to let a weekday series sweep in May Make her distraught. She's not going to allow herself to do that. She's playing the the long game here. She joins me here inside the game studios. Got a great show for you on this Thursday. Going to be talking Kentucky Derby with Chad Sheck Snyder. That's right. My man's been around the horse racing game for, I don't know, let's say quite a while time, <laughs> quite a long time. He's the host of the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. He's going to join us because it is Derby Week once again. The running of the Roses will be Saturday. He'll preview the biggest race in horse racing for us. That'll be coming up here on RP3 and Company today. Les East, put the final thoughts, if you will, on the Pelicans and what they need to do this coming offseason, as well as the Saints. Look back at the draft and the signing of Tyron Matthew. We'll do that with Les East of Crescent City Sports. And then, oh man, we got a good one for you. Bob Nightingale will be joining us tomorrow. A little bit of a tease. We're talking all things baseball with Bob. That'll be tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow. We try to have him on last week at this time. But we got Bob Nightingale for you tomorrow. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a great third guest today. Chad Schneider going to talk Derby, 730. Les East from CrescentCitySports.com going to talk Saints Pels. But the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, will be joining us at 830 today to help preview LSU Alabama Road Baseball Series, touch on a little softball as well. So we're going to talk Derby, Saints, Pels, and LSU with our three guests today here on RP3 and Company. Of course, we're going to touch on everything else. Saints, NFL, NBA, Cajuns, Cowboys. You know we're going to touch on them all. Plus, we'd love to hear from you. Game hotline is always open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. Don't forget, you want to get those game changer of the week phone call submissions in? God, today would be a good day. Today would be a good day to get those phone calls in. 
But we're going to lead off today's show. You know what? No. We're going to lead off today's show. Before I do a deep dive on what happened yesterday at Minute Maid Ballpark, I just need to know once again, this time on the air, how you doing, Five Names? Um, I am doing okay. Uh, was the sweep what I wanted? No. I want to win at least one so I could avoid the sweep, so then Foot and I would be tied because we've had now two series. We won two out of three the first one. Now they've won three out of three. Um, but it's okay. Like I said, there's 162 games. That's right. And uh, it's time for the next matchup. So That's right. Next game, let's go. Your, t- your team's struggling a little bit, bit, bit yeah. of a bit, bit of bit of a lull, bit of a lull. But you have confidence, you have faith that your team yes. can turn things around. Unlike the previous, say, ten years when they peak really high in April, and then when the calendar turns to May, they start to trend the other way. No, they're going to do great this well, year. Uh, this year, you know what? Before <clears throat> they didn't have young women in the state of Louisiana rocking custom jersey shirts with nicknames on the back. They didn't no. have that before. They no. didn't have the support of Hannah Five Names. They're young. I'm young. We're going we're gonna to grow together. Because <clears throat> our, our main struggle is hitting, so we just got to get that together. It's fine. Get you. I mean, it's just a small part of baseball, that yeah. whole hitting uh-huh. thing. Okay. I'll get it together. Yeah. We'll we get it. it together. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. Nothing to see here. Everything's good. If anybody in college can do it, then we can do it. Uh, you're taking it like a champ, five names. I had to rearrange my entire bedroom last night because we, why not? Just for a shoe rack. We said, you know what? The whole bedroom. Let's go. I'm. Did you rearrange your bedroom out of disgust because the Mariners lost and that forced you to redesign your bedroom? Um, It was like a little thing to be happy about. So That's a yes. Yeah, basically. That's a yes. <laughs> That's, go ahead and say it. That's a yes. That's we, a yes. We literally had to move a shoe rack into the closet, and somehow that meant moving our entire bedroom. It's fine. Mm, mm. <laughs> it's gonna be a long summer. <laughs> it's gonna be a long summer. I uh, just, I just hope uh, fiance extraordinary Kenneth understands it's gonna be a long summer. You're already oh, yeah. <laughs> emotionally getting invested, and you're dealing with defeats and sweeps by rearranging furniture. Yeah. So rearranging furniture and cleaning are like it's like my, my go to whenever I'm like a little bit of well, little you, bit annoyed. Now that you're a Seattle Mariners fan, I would fully expect by <laughs> the middle of August that you may have the cleanest apartment in your entire complex. Yeah. Paul would be uh, asking Jay, hey James, let me clean your bedroom. <laughs> Matt, yeah. clean your apartment. <laughs> By Fourth of July, you're going to be rolling around here. <laughs> hey, um, I heard uh, heard your heard your house is a little messy. I'm going to stop by today and clean it. Thanks. It's, that's what's going to go yeah, on. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Nothing. It's a great to say day. Here. It's a great day. Great day. <laughs> Let's get right to it. Top topic of the day. Astros complete the sweep of the Seattle Mariners. Did not record the shutout, so that's something if you're a Mariners fan. Hey, the first yeah. two games you were shut out, you actually were able to score a few runs in yesterday afternoon's game there at Minute Maid Ballpark, but it wasn't enough. Verlander was just so solid. I, he was not his best yesterday, but for the fact that he's 40 years old, 
coming off Tommy John surgery, he did his job yesterday. He gave up a you know he gave up a few runs. He wasn't his best. He didn't have dominant stuff, if you will, on the mound for the Strohs. But it was good enough. Astros beat the Mariners seven to two. Seattle only is able to manage five hits in this ball game. And Verlander was solid. Six plus innings of work. And he kept Seattle's bats frustrated. For sure. And once again, he wasn't great, but he's been great against the Mariners. Ever since he actually came over from Detroit to Houston. He's now 7-1, the two-time Cy Young Award winner and former league MVP. 7-1 with an ERA of 3.03 in 10 starts against the Mariners since joining the Astros in 2017. Astros have won nine of those 10 contests. So if it's Astros, Mariners, and Verlander's pitching, it's usually an indicator that Seattle's going to lose. But Verlander was... Not dominant, as I said, but he got the job done. And that's all that matters. And he continues to look so good coming off surgery. Remember, it's been nearly two years. So he's had even more additional time to look good. He inv- he improves to 3-1 and one on the year. Pitched six and two-thirds last night. And Seattle had no answer. He scattered two runs over five hits. Only struck out three. So it wasn't filthy stuff. He didn't have filthy command. It wasn't dominant. But it was good enough to keep the Mariners in the loss column. The Astros lineup, meanwhile, had no problems on Seattle's pitching. Guriel brings in Bregman right there in the first with a double to right. Then in the second, they break it open even more so. Brantley has a two-run single to center field. Bregg, as we mentioned, had three hits in this ballgame. He singles the left, scores Altuve, and they're up 4 nothing. Then Bregman hits a sack fly to score another run. They're in the fourth. Now it's 5 nothing. Then Bregman doubles the deep center, scoring McCormick. Now it's 6 nothing. 6 nothing cushion. Then it actually becomes 7 nothing cushion because in the same inning there in the six, Briggs scores on an Alvarez single. So they build up a 7 nothing cushion. It looks like they're on their way to their third consecutive shutout over the Mariners. But Verlander does give up the two-run home run there in the seventh inning. That ends his night. But that's it. One blemish for Verlander. Once again, he wasn't dominant, but he was very good. And that was enough to beat the Mariners. And now the Strohs improved to 14-11 and 11 overall on the season. Seattle falls to 12-13 and 13 on the season. And the Astros continue to turn a corner now that we're in the month of May, which is what they do seemingly 
every year. Get Altuve back in the lineup. Alvarez is healthy. Bregman finally is starting to look like the Bregman that was the MVP candidate. But when he got injured, he hasn't been the same. So Altuve off of IL. Jordan Alvarez is healthy. Alex Bregman is healthy. Oh, and Justin Verlander is back pitching like a Cy Young winner. Astros are going to be a team, I'm telling you, if they can stay healthy, especially with Pena developing as a rookie, replacing Carlos Correa in the lineup and at short, this is going to be a dangerous team. And the Astros now only trail the Angels by a game and a half in the AL West standings. And they're up two full games now on the Mariners after this week. Strohs will now turn their attention to their former skipper who comes to town, A.J. Hinch and company. That's because the Detroit Tigers are coming to Houston for a series that begins tonight. You can listen to that game live right here on the game. 7-10 first pitch, Detroit Tigers at Houston Astros live for Minute Maid Ballpark. This should be an interesting series. Detroit is trying to be better. They have not had a great start to their season. Besides Miguel Cabrera joining the 3,000-hit club, possibly the best right-handed hitter in the last 30 years, they're still 8-15. and 15. It's a rebuilding. Re- rebuilding. Rebuilding in a big way there in Detroit. But don't think for a minute that A.J. Hinch is not going to have his guys fired up and that he's not going to be fired up to come back to Houston. Poll question of the day. It's a good one. It's about the Astros. Well, not really. It's about the team that the Astros just beat. And in particular, a certain producer extraordinaire. Did Hannah Five Names team peak too early? Yes, no, maybe. Go vote on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll update it throughout today's show. What did you vote, Five Names? How did you vote on this poll question of the day? No. Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to say, I'm going to vote. I'm sorry, maybe. Maybe. Thank you. Maybe. I think we're going to say yes, and then you're going to say maybe at least. I'm I'm not ready to throw dirt on the Mariners just yet. I still think they're going to vie for a wild card spot, but the way they've been playing the last two weeks... Not great, but I'm willing to say, you know what? I'm not going to use the last 10 years of no. history against them. Mm-mm. I'm going to say maybe. That's, that's what I can give you, Mar- yeah. Mariners fan. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a maybe. Thank you. You're welcome. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. Oh, man. We're having a good time here on RP3 and company. Once again, hotline is open as always. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, we'll talk a little bit of last night's NBA action and more. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
P3 doesn't play around when it comes to his personal life. I got one NFL team, I got one college team, I got one Major League Baseball team. And the big fella's also monogamous when it comes to his sports fandom. That's what I got my merch for, that's who I support, period. Call me old-fashioned. VN. Call me old-fashioned, that's fine. I'll be old-fashioned. RP3 is just committed to providing you with great sports talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame or 1041thegame.com wants to help you with your date night blues. That's right, because once you become a member of our rewards club, you will have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. That's right. You can have a good time at Half Shell. $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. And we want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House by joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Reminder, fellas, Sunday's Mother's Day. So that means you got to be on top of your game. Take care of your mom and then take care of of your wife, who's the mother of your own children. And that also means helping your children get something for their mom. So get it together. Letting you know now. It's Thursday, 626 in the morning. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Let's not worry about Cinco de Mayo. Don't drink too much today on Cinco de Mayo. And forget about taking care of the moms on Sunday. Yes. Okay. Do so it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna remind you some more throughout today's show, and you'll get a friendly reminder tomorrow as well. Do you know what you're doing already for Tina and your mom? And yes. Her mom. Yes. Tina to dinner. You getting her a gift. I'm cooking dinner for both my mom and my wife. Daughter's gonna help. Or make some uh, grill up some steaks. And have some breakfast for supper on Sunday. I asked the ladies what they would like. Some steak and eggs is what it's going to be. That sounds really good, actually. (laughs) See? So, and I already have, we've already bought the gifts from Hattie for her mom and her grandmothers. And I've already taken care of my mom. I still have to take care of Tina, which will be done today. Yeah, the plan is to... To treat my stepmom and my mom for lunch next Saturday, and we go uh, dress shopping. So we're like doing a little lunch between. So it'll be late. Yeah, because uh, I'm not really seeing them this weekend. We're getting. I'm still getting. There's something going on with my brothers because they're all together. I'm like, y'all figure out what y'all want to get. Tell me how much money to send you to buy it. Because <laughs> I'm two and a half hours away, and my drive just to go to a store for 30 minutes. Sorry, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> if you have siblings that can help you out that way. Feel free to do so. Fellas, no. 
got to take care. Got to take care of the mamas in your life. Well, we have a few minutes here. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs. We had J.R. Jackson on yesterday from J.R. Sports Brief, which you can listen to weeknights right here on CBS Sports Radio. And we talked about how the 76ers Heat Series and the Mavericks Sun Series are not going to be all that competitive. And there's a reason why. In the case of the Mavericks, they have Luka and no one else. I've said it before. Luka is a great player, a top 10 player, a great scorer in this in this league. Phenomenal. Dallas has not done a very good job building the roster around him. They just haven't. It reminds me of early LeBron and early Michael Jordan, where it was them and a bunch of dudes. Mark Cuban has to be committed to changing that roster in Dallas. You have a generational talent, a young face of the league. You're going to have to give him some help. The fact that the Mavericks even made it to the Western Conference semifinals is an accomplishment in itself. And it showed once again, Phoenix's depth played a huge role in last night's game yet again. Chris Paul was sensational. 14 points in the fourth quarter alone as the Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks 129-109. to But you look at this matchup and you go, okay, who's helping Luka? Luka dropped 35 points last night. 35. The next highest scorer on the team was Bullock at 16. That's not going to get the job done. It's just not. I mean, you're going to basically, you're asking Luka to have to drop 40 a night in the playoffs for his his team to even have a chance to win a game. Mark Cuban's got to do a better job with that roster because that roster is not great. Yeah, one great player and a bunch of dudes. Uh, that doesn't get the job done. Phoenix, meanwhile, Crowder, 15 points. Bridges, 11 points. DeAndre Aiden, he did not have a good night. Only had nine points, only played 18 minutes. Did not matter because Chris Paul had 28. Devin Booker had 30. There you go. The team that has more depth, more quality depth, and has more than just one guy on its roster, guess what? One again. Suns now lead this series two games to none. The Mavs will be lucky to get a gentleman's sweep, which is five games in a seven-game series. I would not be surprised at all, especially with Phoenix being tested in the first round by the Pelicans. I said it before, that's the worst thing that could happen for the Mavericks because now you're going to have a refocused, fired-up Phoenix squad that, that was tested both mentally and physically by New Orleans. So I would not be surprised if you see Phoenix sweep the Mavs in advance to the Western Conference Finals. Over in the East, the other series that I do not believe is going to be all that competitive is the Heat 76ers. Miami's your number one seed, just like Phoenix is the one seed in the West. Miami's that way in the East. They beat the 76ers last night, once again, without Joel Embiid. 119 to 103. Embiid is the 76ers' best player. He's the face of that franchise. Smashed orbital bone, concussion, obviously has him missing games right now. 
Tobias Harris is a nice player, but he's a second-tier guy. James Harden, former league MVP, you should be able to turn to, but that's not Harden's game. It's just not. Harden was 6-15 last night, scored 20 points. 20. This is a volume score, can only score 20 points. Maxie is playing better in these playoffs than James Harden is. By the way, Maxie had 34 points. I mean, Harden's not even the best player on his own team right now in these playoffs without Embiid. Could be an early series for the 76ers. Miami, meanwhile, consistent. Jimmy Butler, 22 and 12. Adebayo had 23 points. And they got 18 points off the bench from Harrow. And they got 19 points off the bench from Oladipo. So you got two guys coming off the bench nearly giving you 20 apiece. Once again, the team with more quality depth is winning said games. These series, look, Miami's advancing on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Phoenix is advancing on to the Western Conference Finals. The, the, the competition, the competitive series are the other matchups. Golden State, Memphis, that's going to be salty as hell. The 2-3 matchup there. That could go seven games. And then the way the Celtics responded in game two against the Milwaukee Bucks, that could go six or seven games as well. Those are going to be your competitive series. The ones last night, not so much. Not so much. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, the Honey Badger was introduced officially as a member of the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Yeah, that official announcement had a negative impact on NFLshop.com. We'll talk about that and hear from the Honey Badger himself, Tyron Matthew. That'll be coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team at Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you'll have a shot at even a bigger payout. 
Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME. That's 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code 1037GAME. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. So see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Houston Astros, big winner yesterday. Verlander on the bump. He gets the job done, his third win of the season. Strohs complete the sweep of the Seattle Mariners with a 7-2 victory there at Minute Maid Ballpark. They will welcome in the Detroit Tigers for a weekend series starting tonight. Game one, they're at the Big Juice Box. 7-10 first pitch, Tigers, Strohs, live for Minute Maid, and you'll be able to listen to it live right here on the game. NBA playoffs, look, the two series that are a little lackluster, they played their games last night. 76ers without Embiid really don't have a chance against Miami. When Harden's not even the best player on his own team, when Embiid is out, that is a big problem for the Philadelphia 76ers. Just is. And Dallas has Luka and no one else. Phoenix is too balanced, too deep, and they just were tested by the Pelicans. I expect both the Suns and the Heat, I know, going out on a limb, the one seeds, to advance to the conference finals. It's those other series, Celtics, Bucks, Grizzlies, Warriors, that are the ones that are really blockbuster because they're going to go six, seven games. Yesterday was a good day for the Hoodats. Hoodat Nation. Man, I just just saw it. All over social media. The reporters reporting on it couldn't help themselves. The fans just couldn't help but just love what the Honey Badger had to say. The fact that he's wearing Saints colors for the press conference. The fact that he was even there for it. It was a glorious day, if you were a member of the New Orleans Saints fan base. And the Honey Badger spoke to the media, touched on a slew of different topics. And right off the top was how this whole experience and being able to sign with the Saints completed a dream that began when he was a kid growing up in New Orleans. Coming into free agency, I've been fairly quiet, really been just kind of letting things play out. And, you know, the Saints was really the only visit that I went on and Uh, I think from the get-go, I knew where I wanted to be. And from there, it's just all about everything kind of coming together and aligning. And so, like I said, I'm sure there's a lot of people that was praying for me, rooting for me. And um, it it just feels good to see it all kind of come together. But I've kind of been manifesting this for for a while now. You know, a lot of former teammates know this. But just to have this opportunity means a lot to me. You, You can hear it in his voice, right? You can hear it in his voice what it means for him to come back home and play for the Saints. It just means something to him. And, you know, look, he's had opportunities before, right? He's He's been a free agent. Remember, he was a third-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals, was taken under the wing of his former teammate and mentor, Patrick Peterson, learned how to be a pro, learned how to put his college problems behind him, has become a big guy doing things in the community with his charity work. 
He's turned himself into an all-pro. He's played for the Texans, the Chiefs, and now the Saints. So why was now the time for him to come back home, so to speak? Well, to be honest, you know, I've, I've lived a, a long life, you know, in this NFL thing. And, you know, going into my 10th year, you don't know how – you can't always depict the future. I think, you know, uh, when I realized the Saints wanted me and, and obviously I wanted them, you know, it, it was a situation that I knew I, I wasn't going to pass up. Um, but, you know, I'm just more, you know, happy with the support, you know, that I have around me, family and friends, and just all the people that have helped me get to this point, you know, in my life. You know, he mentioned how he's about to be 30, 29. He's currently right now 29 years old. He'll turn 30. 10th NFL season. And someone asked him in the presser, you know, hey, is this going to be the final stop of your career? He signed a three-year deal worth $33 million, which means if he plays out the deal, he'll be 33 years old. You know, that's kind of on the back end of the career. Uh, he was asked, is this going to be his final stop of his illustrious career? I mean, I would hope so. And Ed, you said thirty like that's old. I, I think I'm, I think I'm just heating up, man. Um, so hopefully, man, I can, you know, obviously it's a three-year deal, and I'm hoping that I can, you know, earn it all. You know what I mean? And then hopefully some more. So um, and, and like I said, that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be a great challenge. But you know, as of right now, this is all about getting to know my teammates. Um, you know, showing those guys how I practice and you know how I come to work every day. So. Um, I think all those things are kind of take care of itself down the road. Um, I think the most important thing right now is just to, you know, find that bond, that chemistry with, with teammates and coaches. I like that. Yeah, you make it out like I'm old, man. I'm only, only, only going to be 30. You take care of yourself. It's been proven now that you can play far longer, right? You know, this team, we talked about it. All of the stars, the majority of the stars, look, no offense to Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, but this is a defensive team. This is a defensive-minded team. It's been trending that direction for the last couple of seasons. Even when Drew Brees was still playing, it was trending that way. They were building the team that way with their draft picks and how they handled free agency. And you look on that side of the ball for a team now coached by its former defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, Cam Jordan, Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport, Demario Davis, Pete Werner, P.J. Williams, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Paulson Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. S filled with studs on the defensive side of the football. And now Matthew is part of that. And he was asked about what he sees when he sees the tape when it comes to the New Orleans Saints defensive players and how much they just really just pop off the screen. Like I said, I'm, I'm extremely excited. And, you know, not just him, but, you know, to, to be on the defense with DeMario and Cam Jordan, um, you know, Marshawn, like these are all great guys that, you know, I, I really look up to. These are all guys that really handle their business the right way on and off the field. And so just to be a part of that group, you know, I'm sure it'll do a lot for me personally, you know, and professionally. But um, it, it's not really, you know, much to sell, I think, you know, uh, especially with CJ, you know, um, like I said, when I watch these guys play defense, they pop off the screen just with energy and passion and, you know, all the different handshakes that they do. Um, it's fun and it's exciting. And so he didn't really have to sell me too much. I was already sold. Um, I just needed a couple people to kind of give me the, yeah, it's cool. You know, we'll, we'll take you over here. You heard it. I, he didn't need to be sold. Look, 
there's a game recognized game. And if you're a defensive player in this league, you understand what the Saints bring to the table. You've seen it. So if you're a top-flight defensive player like Tyron still is, you look at this team, you go, yeah, I like what they're doing. I'd love to play in that defense. Absolutely love. And I'm going to say something. The fact that Dennis Allen was promoted to head coach, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have signed the Honey Badger if Sean Payton was still the head coach. I'm not saying that at all. But Dennis Allen being the head coach, the team is going to take on that personality. Which means the personality of the team's defense is going to be what the personality of this team is going to be overall. That played a role in this. That played a role. Not saying that they would not have been able to sign him if Sean Payton was still the head coach. That's not what I'm saying at all. But Dennis Allen being the head coach, the longtime defensive coordinator, the guy who has the respect of all those defensive players, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt at all. And Tyron was asked straight up, you know, hey, you got so much talent on that side of the ball. You got so much talent in particular in the secondary. You know, where do you see yourself in this team, in this defense? It's a smart unit. I think it's a unit that can disguise coverage, you know, really well. And, you know, like I said earlier, this this is a physical, you know, unit. I think from the front end to the back end, you know, everybody does their job. Everybody plays, you know, um, to a certain standard. And, you know, this has always been a defense that, I, that, I've, that I've seen myself, you know, being a part of, you know, with, with how much passion they play, the energy, just the tightness that you can just see. It pops off the screen, you know, when you're watching the Saints play defense. So, like I said, I'm just hoping I can come in and, and add to that and, you know, and, and be all that I need to be, you know, for our team. Look, if you're a, a member of Houdat Nation, you love the black and gold, you love the Saints, you got to be thrilled. I mean, it, it, this works on so many levels. It, it works because it's a homecoming for, for one of the state's greatest athletes. And continues writing a great redemption story in his own regard. Plus, he's still an impact player. So he helps your team. They lost Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams, and they got better. Marcus Williams was considered by Pro Football Focus and others to be the top safety on uh, top free agent safety. They lost the top free agent safety. Then they turned around and signed number two and the number three on that list. And Marcus May and Tyron Matthews. So I, they got better. They got better. And he is going to fit right in with Lattimore and Cam and Demario and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And if I'm a quarterback, Chauncey talks, Tyron talks, you're going to have to deal with both of those guys every game. You already know how much Marshawn Lattimore gets under the skin of Mike Evans. I can't wait to see these Bucks saints games. There's going to be so much jawing going on. Woo. Got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Welcome back to RP3 and Company, 655 on this glorious Thursday morning. Appreciate you making us part of your morning commute. Also appreciate people giving us a heads up when it comes to possible traffic issues. Fan of the show, fan of the station. Braden Duncan giving us a heads up. Saying, quote, to all my Lafayette peeps, I'll be taking a right onto Johnson Street off Evangeline Thruway this morning and going straight through Lafayette all the way to Abbeville with an oversized mobile home. Festivities should commence promptly around 6.45 a.m. Be nice. It'll be okay. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hashtag mobile home mover. So if you're dealing with Johnson Street and the Evangeline Thruway this morning, expect to be delayed because our man, Braden, it's having to tow that mobile home all the way to Abbeville. So just be mindful that you could be experiencing some delays on that side of town. Shout out to him for giving us a heads up. Poll question of the day. Hannah Five Names, as we know, is become a diehard Seattle Mariners fan. It had nothing to do with their teal color scheme at all. It had to do with everything loving a team in the Pacific Northwest. They were swept by the Houston Astros yesterday. Shut out in two of those games. They are sinking fast, as they typically do once the calendar turns to May. But she's trying to be positive. But we wanted to ask you, the listener, did Hannah Five Names team peak too early? Too early is the question. 38% of you say no. Hello. Some positivity for your team. 37% of you say maybe 25% of you say yes. JPK, though, he says, dude, RP3, while all the Mariners hate, it's not like they were the Jets or the fighting Taylor Heineke's. (laughs) I firmly make fun of my own team constantly. Washington football team. They make poor decisions and have done so for 20 years. So I respect that. But J- is it JPK, isn't he your other Mariners fan? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's still early in the se- season, JPK. But come on. You guys have a tradition here. You're the April champs, and then you start to fade. And you have better talent. I don't know why that's the possibility. Got to take a timeout. We'll get to some more comments to lead off hour number two for our poll question of the day. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
Welcome back to RP3 and Company, 703 on this delightful Thursday morning. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parch III. Of course, I'm joined here in the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We've had a good start to today's show. We talked NBA playoffs, gave you the latest updates on what happened last night in the association. Miami Heat up two games to none on the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly without Joel Embiid with the orbital fracture and concussion. And Miami's taking, not taking it easy on the poor 76ers. Meanwhile, over in the West, the Phoenix Suns, after being tested by the New Orleans Pelicans in the opening round, they've taken a two-game-to-none lead over the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas has Luka. Luka's top 10. Luka's phenomenal. Luka's surrounded by a bunch of dudes. Might as well have me out there playing. We touched on that. We heard from the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, back in his hometown after signing the three-year, $33 million deal with the New Orleans Saints. He's excited to be part of this defense. He can't wait to be part of this defense. Oh, by the way, the NFL shop website got shut down due to the Honey Badger because fans flooded NFLshop.com yesterday with so much activity trying to get custom Tyron Matthew New Orleans Saints jerseys that it temporarily shut down the website. (laughs) So I think maybe, hold on, folks may be a little excited about the Honey Badger coming back home to playing for the home team, the New Orleans Saints, as NFLshop.com got shut down yesterday. It's, It's still not working. It's still not working? No, I wanted to st- test it to see what's going to happen. It's still not working. It's still to credit New Orleans and Louisiana <laughs> for shutting down NFLshop.com. Hey, sorry, folks in Philly, if you're trying to get your latest draft picks jersey and ordering it for Christmas. Can't do that right now because, well, the website's down because the LSU New Orleans Saints fans are so crazy that they shut the entire website down. There you go. When I go to a Saints game this year in person, you're going to see a lot of 41 jerseys. You're going to see a lot of Kamara. You'll see a lot of Michael Thomas jerseys. You'll still see a lot of Drew Brees jerseys. But I would be willing to bet you that if you go to a Saints game inside the Superdome, I'm not talking about going over to London for their supposed home game against the Vikings and that nonsense. An actual home game here in the state of Louisiana, the majority of the jerseys that you're going to see are probably going to be Honey Badger jerseys, if I had to guess. Look, it, it, there's always been a lot of folks that wear the Michael Thomas or the Camaro or the Drew Brees, but I, you're going to see a lot of Tyron Matthew jerseys in attendance for those games. And look, I'll give credit to the NFL for not putting Cincinnati, New Orleans over in London. There was talk of that maybe happening. But they came to their decision to say you know what Joe Burrow Jamar Chase Tyler Shelvin coming back home that's going to be blockbuster we're going to have that game inside the Superdome makes sense what I don't understand is the Saints were forced to give up a home game last year because of a hurricane and had to play a home game in Jacksonville and you're making them give up another home game again this year like for real 
That's my issue. I'm not even a Saints fan, and I'd be pissed. If I was a Saints fan, I'd be pissed off about this. Because last year, a home game was taken away because they had to go to Jacksonville to play it because of the hurricane, or the threat of the hurricane, rather. And now the NFL, after that, after the team being forced to move a game due to a natural disaster, you're going to have to force them to go all the way over to London to play a game and lose another home game back-to-back years? Not in front of the home crowd inside the Superdome? I just... It's just nonsense. They, like No one thought about that. There, there's a bunch of lawyers and people with Ivy League educations that work at the headquarters of the NFL. You'd think someone would have said, hey, didn't the Saints have to give up a home game last year because of the hurricane? Yeah, we shouldn't make them go to London. But instead, they're like, hey, pack your bags. Time to go. I mean, not going to lie. Roger Goodell and company, they treat New Orleans like it's Jacksonville. It's slightly disrespectful. But also yesterday, the Houston Astros completed a sweep against the Seattle Mariners. Did not shut them out. Moral victory, if you're a Mariners fan like Hannah Five Names is. You avoided the shutout. You actually plated two runs in the three-game series. So, moral victory. Hey, yeah, we lost. Yeah, we got swept. But guess what? We didn't get shut out for the third straight day. Baby steps out the office. Okay? Baby steps. Verlander was good to very good. Not great. Not dominant. Didn't have his best stuff yesterday, but it was good enough to beat the Mariners. And Alex Bregman, three hits, three ribbies for the former LSU Tiger. But that leads us to our poll question of the day. Hannah Five Names embraced being a Seattle Mariners fan. Embraced it. Loved it. Even got her mama to get a custom jersey shirt with five names on the back. Which she has proudly already worn inside the studio. But she chose a team. Sorry, JPK, though, D. That typically in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. Peaks really early in the season. Like, we're talking April. And they've been struggling. They're 3-8 and eight now in their last 11. They're bit on a skid right now. They're below 500. They've dropped in the AL West standings. I still like Seattle's chances. Personally speaking, just personally. I still like the Mariners' chances of fighting and getting in to the playoffs as a wildcard team. But this is following a pattern for them of being looking really good in April, and then when the calendar turns to May, all of a sudden the Mariners look awful. So that leads us to our poll question of the day. Did Hannah Five Names team peak too early? And look at y'all, coming out to her defense, 43% of you say no. 28% say maybe And 29% say yes. That yes number is getting a little higher, by the way, just to let you know as we start off hour number two here. Darren on Twitter says, I'm taking receipts or when the Jets and the Washington football team both win their divisions this year. My man! Shout out to D. I love the optimism about the Jets and the Commanders. I think it's misplaced. But I love the optimism, and I love the fact that Darren is positive about his team 
on May the 5th. Salty Steve, always good for a reliable comment, says, AL East has the Blue Jays and the AL West has the Mariners. April champs and October no-shows. Hashtag sorry five names. Texan in Acadiana says, no comment. Shares a, a gif of the other guys with the rock smiling. Don on uh, Twitter says, Mariners season ends about April 30th. They're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs around May 31st. And, of course, he shares the great gif of it's going to be May. You like that? No. Hart says, April's over, so Seattle can't spell maybe without May. Oh, wow. 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 The comments are coming out against the Mariners. What did I tell you, five names? What's the advice that I've been giving you? There's a lot of games. 162 of them, in fact. It's a long season. It's a long season. And if you have faith in your team, you got to keep the faith. you got to keep mm-hmm. the faith. Don't let the haters get you off your game. You still believe in your team. Haters are going to hate. You got the Pippi Longstocking look today for some reason. I'm not for sure why. It's Thursday, I guess. My hair was still wet, so I put them in braids so I didn't touch my neck. Because what hair? This is Sorry. Random. That like it. Don't worry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Thomas Thomas, uh, Thevis. Thevis? Thevis. Not sure how. You could just say Thomas. Yeah. I was going to last name. It's funnier. There we go. Uh, I'll quit tagging five names on Twitter now just to do that one sweep. The laughing face. You know what, Thomas? I hope that your last name wrong. Wow. See, you can't. No, you can't. You, you, no, you made this decision. You made this decision. You can't can't be doing this now. You can't be saying, oh, I hope I said your name. No, no. you can't be doing that nonsense. You got to own it. You're the one that made the decision Mm -hmm. to root for a team that's in the same division as the Houston Astros a team that we broadcast right here on this station and where the majority of the fans in this area support. Mm-hmm. You made that choice. I did. You decided to go against the grain. You decided mm-hmm. going with a team that hadn't won anything ever and it had been terrible for a decade. You made that choice, and I respect that choice. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't have it both ways now. You can't have it both ways. Cake and eat it too. Nope, you can't. Nope, (laughs) can't have it. Can't have it. This isn't your wedding day where you can have your cake and eat it too. It's not that day. You decided to choose and hitch your wagon to a team. People are going to come after you, make fun of you for your team for losing. You got to take it. That's part of it. That's part of being a fan. You got to take it. Got to roll with the punches, and you just got to say, you know what? Hey. Get your jokes in now. When we make it, when we make the playoffs later this year, then you can come talk to me. See, that's how you should handle it. You can't be getting all, you know, pissy with people making comments, poking fun, poking the bear, so to speak. You're the one that publicly chose the Seattle Mariners. We did so on the air. Mm-hmm. And you decided to ride with them. Yep. When you ride with a team, that means you got to take all the, you know, slings and arrows that come your way because of it. And on top of it, you chose a team in the Astros division in Astros country. Well, at least not the Yankees who uh, ended their 11-game win streak. So Everybody dislikes the Yankees except for Yankee fans. That's how that works. Yes, I respect your decision because you went against the grain. 
You went with a team that wasn't very good. You went with a team that was all about potential but not actual on-field success in recent years. It's not a bandwagon decision by you, and I respect the hell out of you for it. Good for you. Yes, and so does Kevin. But if you're going to roll with your team, if you're going to rock the custom gear and share it on social media and talk about how you love your Mariners, and when they get swept, you got to deal with that. you got to deal with that. Kevin will tell you the same thing. I think I just made her cry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I, I think I just broke I think I just broke Hannah. So, I have a sneeze that's trying to come out and it's hurting my nose. Okay. And boy, it's uh, fun. Oh uh, sure, sure, sure. It has, <laughs> has nothing to do with your Mariners. No. And and you, and you make it you make it. I'm the gonna decision. be fine. You're gonna be fine. Say it say it more with some authority. I'm gonna be fine. I don't. I, that wasn't authority. <laughs> that sounded like a, a a drunk dock worker from a black and white movie. I'm not for sure what you're doing today. <laughs> We got to We're going to take a timeout a little bit early here because five names needs to collect herself. <laughs> I hope this is not going to be. I really hope Seattle's good. So because it'll be better for you. But if they're they're awful, we could we could get a lot of mileage out of that too. Just checking in on your your mental state and having poor Kevin try to make you feel better. Like, oh, you got you know you gotta stick with your team. You know what? Hey, I, I don't I don't care what the record says. I don't care what the record says. You know, your team, you know, they got some young talent. They're a dangerous team. They could beat us this weekend. Yeah, that's how Kevin's going to do it. Yeah, that was, that was like three weeks ago. We're now this week. When I said, can I get one game win? And he goes, ah. <laughs> but no. I spot one. I told him, it doesn't have to be a big win. It can right. be like a one nothing. That's all I need. He was like, ah. I was like, okay, how about a 2-1? Like 2-1. You don't, you don't get a shutout. Six but I times, win. six games. Now they hold a four-two advantage over you. By the way, in the six games. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a long season, and it's a divisional opponent, so you're gonna play them multiple times. Let me get you back, Thomas. Huh? How about in July when the Mariners come to town to take on the Astros? We're talking about going to that game. What if they win? Huh? What if they win back in Houston again? Oh. And you're you're rocking your five names jersey shirt. Oh, uh, it'll be a glorious day. See it on my glorious face. day. Glorious day. It'll be a glorious day. I, that, and then it'll turn you, bad because foot's the way be you upset. just said glorious day indicates that you don't believe it will be a glorious day. No matter what, if it's a glorious day for me, it will then turn bad because then it'll be a bad day for foot. So it's gonna be an okay day <laughs> by oh, the wow. end of it because it'd be like psh, we battle each other. There we go. Fine. Keep voting on that poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean. Keep it clean for the kids. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up though, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and Soccer? Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms, though. Look, if you're wanting to take your outdoor living space or your man cave area to another level, get it ready for the fall when you're going to be cheering on the Cajuns, Tigers, Cowboys, or the Saints, then you need to visit my friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite because they can help make your home, your outdoor living space, your man cave, the envy of your neighborhood during game days. Visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. Once again, lmgelite.com is the website location right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. They're Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Did Hannah Five Names' this team peak too early? We're having a little fun with her and her new favorite team, the Seattle Mariners. Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But just make sure you keep it clean for the kids, huh? Don't, don't get crazy with it. Don't get crazy with it. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our friend who is looking at the finish line for the school year like no one else. You know him as Mr. Green, a.k.a. Jamie. Good morning, sir. How you doing, bud? Good morning, Mr. Third. I'm, I'm doing all right. My countdown says 15 days left with students. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I see that finish line. I see that light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just hoping it's not an oncoming train. <laughs> not an oncoming train. I don't think it is, bud. Your summer vacation will be here in a matter in a matter of a few weeks, bud. You can make it. I believe in you. We believe in you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I believe in Miss Five Names Mariners to an extent. Um, I'll say this: I don't. I don't think that they've necessarily peaked too early. Um, I'll say maybe. Um, you know, I think that they. I think that they are sneaky, sneaky good. They just haven't proven that yet. But I think they're going to be able to kind of pick it up on the back end. At least I'm hoping so for her sake. But I do have to offer you this, Miss Five Names. Look on the bright side. At least they're not the Reds or the A's. Because, I mean, the Reds got beat, what, 18 to 4 last night or something like that? And the A's, they don't care about winning anything because they don't care about putting any money into the team. Same thing with the Reds. It's almost like they're the uh, Washington Reds, uh, Washington, uh, Washington Commanders of oh, Major you. League Baseball. Oh, so, I see. Uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there, Green. Yeah, clever, clever boy you are. Clever boy, clever boy. Oh, appreciate the phone call. That's a, that, that that that's a quality. See, that's a man that thought out his phone call before he made it. <laughs> And touched on everything. Shout out to Jamie for that. Yeah. I'll say this. Seattle has the talent mm-hmm. to end the season as a wild card team. I still believe in them in that regard. It's just it's a mental thing for them. Right? They have nice talent there, and they've had nice talent for the better part of 10 years. It's a mental block now. Once it gets to this point, it's mental. So as long as they don't allow themselves to believe – the trolls and to believe people taking jabs at them that they peak way too early every year and they're not a competitive team down the stretch. If they can block out that noise and just focus on baseball, they'll just be just fine. Yeah. 
We got they'll, this. They'll be just fine. And a great point about the other two teams in the league that he mentioned, the Reds and the A's. Uh, both of those teams' fan bases have begun protest. It is only May the 5th. Ooh. And those two teams' fan bases are, are already protesting how their organizations, how their teams are ran. The Reds, I have no idea what's going on in Cincinnati. They they had a couple years where there were a wild card team not that long ago, and then ownership has decided to go in a completely different direction. And they lost last night 18 to 4. Now, look, Milwaukee is a playoff team from a year ago. They're a sneaky good team for this season as well. But the Reds are three and twenty-one. Mm-hmm. They're three and twenty-one. And they're having fans already protest. And it's not that much better out in Oakland. By the way, the A's are the only team Oakland has left. The Raiders relocated to Las Vegas. The Golden State Warriors went on the other side of the bay. They now play back in San Francisco. They don't even play at the Oracle in Oakland anymore. The only thing Oakland has are the Oakland Athletics. And the A's have even now gotten to the point where they have pushed out Billy Bean, the man who became, you know, he was the the focal point of Moneyball, the book and movie, and the movie starring Brad Pitt, of course. They've even pushed out Billy Bean where he doesn't have that much power now. And Billy was able to take leftover dried out chicken and make it in chicken salad every single year. Well, now ownership has even kind of pushed him aside and they just sold off all their assets and traded away all their assets. And guess what? The Athletics lost again yesterday, 3-0 to the Rays. They're 10-15. and 15, And they have fans protesting. Is this what we're doing? Like... Major League Baseball, how are you allowing this to happen? How are you allowing, and they've been been—they've allowed this, they've turned the other way, they've turned a blind eye to this for more than a generation where they allow teams because of the sharing of revenue. Teams like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Oakland and others, Kansas City's gone through a phase where they've done this as well, where these teams on purpose do not invest in their team. The owner does not because the owner's getting a big check every year from the collective sharing. So where the Yankees, Salty Steve's team, the most, you know, the winningest team, uh, the, the team with the most championships in baseball history, they make a ton of money, television contracts and ticket sales. Well, part of that revenue gets dispersed to all the teams. So the Dodgers, Yankees, Braves, Astros, Cubs, they may be doing all really well, right? And they're doing well with attendance, and they got their television money and everything. Well, that part of that money gets shared. And it's a small percentage. It's not a ton. But a lot of these owners that have these Major League Baseball teams are okay just barely making money every year because they get the check with the revenue sharing, and they keep low payroll, so they keep low cost. They're not investing in their own product. But yet, they're still making money. Yeah. And that's being allowed to happen. So you're having... Cincinnati has a proud tradition. Big Red Machine. Look it up if you don't know. Oakland has great tradition. I made the joke before that the ace payroll this year is the same exact number it was in 1992 when they were in the midst of going to World Series. 
Like that's that's where we're at. Yeah. That's 30 years. And their payroll's the same number. And their facilities are garbage. And he, you know, Jamie makes the joke about Washington. You know, Daniel Snyder is essentially extorted money for a decade plus. Doesn't invest money. Makes the taxpayers pay for FedEx Field. It's a dump. They got sewage falling on their actual fans. So you, you fans have had enough. They've had enough in Cincinnati. They've had enough in Oakland. They've had enough in Washington where attendance has been down for Redskins slash football team slash commander games for about five years. Yeah. Fans, when they get it to a point where they had enough, they stop coming. And that affects the bottom line of the owner because then you don't have butts in the seats and those people not, are not spending enormous amounts of money on tickets because tickets are expensive. They're not doing that. They're not buying concessions. See how this works? Yeah. But, I mean, the Reds have lost nine of their last ten and the Athletics have, won, have lost eight of their last ten. Yes. And those are two proud franchises that have World Series championships. And they're they're being treated like an abandoned amusement park. It's just awful. It's, just, it's not good for baseball. It's just not good for baseball. But what is Rob Manford doing about it? Wait for it. Hold on. I've got breaking news here. Just got texted on my phone. Oh, nothing. Because old Robbie... Continues getting his paycheck and gets to practice his golf swing while there's negotiations going on. And he's cracking smile and making jokes like, hey, isn't this awesome? We got a lockout going on. I'm still getting paid, though. Yay. Speaking of teams that are actually well, that are well run. How about the Houston Astros? We talked about them just sweeping the Mariners. They're turning the page. They're getting better. You can catch them Live in person at Minute Maid Ballpark. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. The Astros are going to take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you can be there. Simply register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC. Le Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk Kentucky Derby, which will be Saturday, by the way, with Chad Schneck Snyder. He's going to join us to help preview the running of the Roses. That's next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
After a two-year hiatus, the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival is returning this weekend to the festival grounds in Bro Bridge. General admission tickets range from five to ten dollars, and you can buy a three-day pass for only fifteen dollars. Musical lineup, whoa, man, it's a heavy hitter. Wayne Toops, Chubby Carrier in the Bayou Swamp Band, Gerald Grunig and Gentelli Zydeco, Sweet Cecilia, and many, many more. Great food, great music, and of course, great times at the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival. For more information, visit bbcrawfest.com. That's bbcrawfest.com for the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival, which will be this weekend in lovely Bro Bridge. You know what else is going to be this weekend? The Kentucky Derby. The running of the roses from Churchill Downs. Whew. Love, love the Derby. Love Derby weekend. I've actually been to Churchill Downs, not for the Derby, just went, uh, had a guy's weekend. We had uh, what we call a bourbon weekend, and we made sure to stop by the Churchill Downs, did the tour, saw the museum, got to walk around. It is a special place for sure. Running the roses obviously will be Saturday. Most exciting few minutes in all of sport. And to help preview this year's Kentucky Derby is our first guest here on today's RP3 and Company. Our man is the man behind the podcast. Oh, a podcast about... Look, if you love racing, which I know many of you do, if you love racing, then you need to make sure to check out this gentleman's podcast from Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. A man from Louisiana, a man that knows horse racing locally and throughout the state. Joining us now is Mr. Chad Schneider. Chad, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Morning, man. Morning. Two days before Kentucky Derby, so it's almost like uh, for, for guys like us who like racing, this is like Christmas time, and uh, it's uh, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then Saturday's Christmas Day, so uh, we're excited and uh just hope for some good weather, and uh, we'll take it from there. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's always the thing because weather and track conditions make all the difference in the world. Um, no doubt about it. it, it it's, actually, t- tomorrow, I think it's supposed to rain bad in Louisville, actually. Just heard some reports that it's going to be a wet one Friday for Oaks Day. But Derby Day, it's going to be touch and go, but that they're expecting more sunshine than rain, so hopefully we get a fast track. So, obviously, we don't know exactly what the conditions are going to be at the track there at Churchill Downs, so... Let's just look at the field this year. And my first question to you, Chad, is, you know, I look at this, is Epicenter, it, can Epicenter break through for its Hall of Fame trainer? Well, so, well uh, we certainly hope so. As far as Fairgrounds fans are concerned, um, you know, Steve Asmussen wintered down here with his stable for 20-plus years, and we've seen all the good ones that he's had come through here. For the most part, and Epicenter spent the whole winter down here, gave fans, Everything they wanted. He won three out of four starts here, and he was very impressive with Louisiana Derby. He's got a huge shot, Raymond. I mean, I didn't really like his post too much. He drew the three-hole, which is a little bit too much inside, maybe where you want to be, but he's so tactical. He's got such a uh, forward running style, and Joel Rosario's done a super job on this horse, too, riding him. The three-hole is going to be a little bit of a concern, I think, for people, but he's got the style to be up front, and all he needs is a clean trip, and I really believe he's probably the most likely winner. Definitely, I think, the most likely one to hit the board. Um, your odds aren't going to be as high as some of the others, but I think Epicenter could finally snap the streak of um, Louisiana Derby winners who, who who have had trouble winning the Kentucky Derby. Why has that always been kind of an issue uh, here of, of late in particular of the horses that come through and can win the, the Louisiana Derby but struggle at Churchill Downs? Why is that? 
So I think I think it's a lot of different reasons. You know, the Louisiana Derby typically is six to seven weeks out from the, from the Kentucky Derby, and a lot of these horses, um, a lot of the prep races that these horses come out of are four to five weeks out. So you have that extra time, and it's kind of a tweener, tweener time for horses. They like to run every three weeks to four weeks, and the Louisiana Derby has just been one of those stakes races that has been on a calendar kind of in advance of the Kentucky Derby, a little too far in advance. Now, what the Louisiana Derby has done the past three years that I think has really helped its cause is they've stretched out the races. Um, so most of these prep races were a mile and a 16th, um, and a mile and an eighth would be their last preps. Well, Louisiana Derby a couple of years ago, they made the Risen Star a mile and an eighth in February. And then in March for the Louisiana Derby, they, they extended the distance to a mile and three sixteenths, with the, which is actually the same distance as the Preakness. And so now it's considered the longest derby prep. So if you have a horse you really want to put some air in their lungs and you want to, um, you know, you want to get them fit and ready for the derby, Louisiana Derby is a good place to stop because it's it's just a furlong too short of the, the wire of the Kentucky Derby. So the last couple of years, you know, it's been a little unlucky because Country House won the, the Derby in 2019 on disqualification. He came from the Louisiana Derby, but yeah. he didn't win it. Mandaloon last year uh, was out of the Louisiana Derby. He didn't win it, but he gets pushed up in the Louisiana Derby when he ran second. He's now officially the Kentucky Derby winner because of all the, the bad stuff happening to Bob Baffert. So, Hopefully this time, you know, we get a Louisiana Derby horse that wins and it crosses the wire first because they, they've had two winners out of the Louisiana Derby the last three years, but they've all but both of them been through disqualification. Todd Fletcher has uh, won the Kentucky Derby twice um, as as a trainer. He's got not one, not two, but three horses in the field for this year's Derby. Which one of the three do you like the most? I was a big Charger fan the last couple of weeks. I think Charger's got a, he, he's got a very sexy pedigree when it comes to these classic-type races. The horse was a little green in the Florida Derby. He ran second in the Florida Derby. He was very kind of keened up, but he, he's, he's by Tappet, and Tappet, uh, the offspring of Tappet, usually take a little while mentally to come around. They're a little crazy um, in the mornings, and they get a little riled up, and that's not what you want to have at the Kentucky Derby with 150,000 people around screaming and, a horse can really lose its cool, and he, he strikes me as one that might 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 get a little too warm, might might lose his cool, kind of you know in those derby preparations, he might get all flustered. So, Charge is immensely talented. I think down the road this year you can see big things out of him. I'm not sure Derby Day is his day. Um, I'd probably put him second, but he's got a ton of talent. If he puts it all together, he'll be right there. But Mo Donegal is one I think for Todd and Irad Ortiz. Um, he drew the rail, which isn't that big of a deal now. Uh, the new starting gate kind of uh, pushes that out. So Mo Donegal's got a running style from the rail that um, he was a very impressive winner of, the, winner of the Wood Memorial in New York. He's got a come-from-behind style. He can take kickback, and I think that's very important in this race to be able to sit behind horses and take kickback. He can do that. And uh, Mo Donegal, he came home, and I think it was the fastest wood time um, in like 25 years or 30 years. So wow. he's a very talented horse. Todd has been talking him up all week. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, look, if you come from behind in the derby, a lot of traffic and there's not many guys that can move through traffic like calvin burrell can on a horse so um you know he's got i read ortiz but this horse could be sitting back 16th but he's one of those horses that in the stretch you and your buddies pick mo donegal you'll see him coming and it'll be very exciting because he'll be running in the stretch when a lot of the others will be slowing down we're talking with chad sheck snyder of the fairgrounds racing podcast he joins us here in rp3 and company give us a preview of saturday's kentucky derby the 148th run for the roses all right, we talked about some of the, the bigger names in the field. Give me an under-the-radar horse or two that has really kind of piqued your interest in the last week, week and a half leading up to the Derby. 
Well, I think a horse that's piqued a lot of people's interest, especially the Blue Bloods in Kentucky, kind of turned their heads is this Japanese horse, Crown Pride. Um, he's 20 to 1 or more in line, but I, is, he's just one of those horses that you don't know which way his odds are going to go and if the Japanese market's going to really catch up. But the Japanese horses have um, they've been very impressive the last couple of years. They won a couple of Breeders' Cup races. They're doing a great job in their breeding program over there, and they're looking to take over the world. And, and this horse, Crown Pride, is very interesting at a price. I mean, very unorthodox training regimen that they use. I mean, the horses in North America and our trainers, you know, to be honest with you, they kind of baby their horses. They, they gallop them. They work them out seven to ten days. This horse has had like four published works in the last ten to twelve days. I mean, they they put some bottom in them, some foundation, and I mean, they do figure eights back in the shoot. I mean, he's just he is fit. I mean, this horse is dead fit. The mile and a quarter is not going to be a problem for this horse. All he needs is a clean trip. He was very impressive in Dubai last out. He didn't wait to come over here. He left right after his races in March, came to Churchill Downs. He's been acclimated to the, the, the climate and the setting. He could run a very big race on uh, Saturday. And his odds would be 20. He could be 30 to 1 on Saturday. So Crown Pride, I'm giving a look at as a long shot. Kind of another long shot I like is simplification out of the Florida Derby. His form's a little muddled up. He, um, he won the Fountain of Youth two races back. In the Florida Derby, they did something with him that wasn't ideal. They just kind of tried something. He was stuck on the rail, which wasn't the place to be that day. Um, he got caught kind of at a, at a weird pace duel, but he stayed on with other two horses that were pressing him, fell back. And um, his trainer, Antonio Sano, is, is an up-and-comer guy, very good with ho- very good horseman. And simplification, I think, is one that's under the radar. His form's a little dirtied up, and he'll, he'll be off 20-25 to 1 as well. If you're looking for a long shot to maybe hit the board or throw into your trifectas, I think those two horses, um, those two horses are pretty good use. What about the horse uh, Messier was being trained by Bob Bafford before the legendary trainer, you know, did everything wrong and is being punished <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, I, the horse is in the field, but there's not a, a, a ton of buzz about the horse. So where do you stand? Yeah, Messier, he should be in that first flight of horses. You know, he should be in that fourth or fourth, fifth, sixth, sitting right there, kind of up front. That, that's his only chance, really. You know, he's got Johnny V on him, Johnny Velasquez, who's won the last two um, Kentucky Derbies with Authentic and with Medina Spirit. But Johnny V's not going to be – the moment's not going to be too big for him. The only thing about Messier, you, you're right, he went from Baffert's uh, care into uh, Tim Yachtin, who's a nice enough guy, uh, nice enough trainer, a California guy. He's never been really on the big stage yet with a, with a horse of um, a Kentucky Derby status, but – you know, Messier in the Santa Anita Derby, I thought he gave up the lead pretty quick. Um, once he once he kind of put away the other speed, a Taba kind of got to him. And, you know, he, I, I just didn't see that fight in him in the lane. Like, you want to kind of see him fight back like those Baffert horses usually do. They don't give it up very easily. I think he kind of gave it up, you know, rather easily. But it could have been a, could have been a jockey kind of letting him glide in because they had the points and they were already making the Derby. But um, Messier, you know, he needs to be out front. He needs to uh, be close to the lead. If he breaks well, I think that's where he'll be. You know, I think his price would be in that eight to ten to one range. I'm just not. I, I'm not a big California horse guy. I don't. I don't use a lot of those horses when they come out, come east, and if they don't have Baffert's name attached to them, uh, you know, I, I just want to. I usually try to fade those horses. So we'll see what happens. But he's certainly talented. I just don't know if he has that fight like those Baffert horses usually do. I'll get you one more before we let you go, brother. What yep. about yep. Cyberknife? Brad Cox has quickly established himself <laughs> as one of the great up-and-coming trainers here in North America. Cyberknife, last time I checked, was 20-1. to 1, Long shot, but I'm hearing a lot of buzz. What do you think about Cyberknife? So Cyberknife, I got I got the pet Cyberknife in the wintertime when he was down here, and Brad Cox is solid. 
you know, back in January, he was the Cox Derby horse. I mean, he was the only one Cox really had, and he's faltered in the Lacomp Stakes here at the fairgrounds, and they backed off of him. They brought him back Risen Star Day, but they put him in an allowance race, and they got his confidence up. And he's always been a real real headstrong, kind of immature horse. But Brad, Brad said earlier this week that the lights really come on for this horse, and um, they took him away from Zozos, who's Brad Cox's other horse in the Derby, and they, they switched him up and let Zozos run here in the Louisiana Derby, and they brought him to Arkansas, which is very, um, you know, it's a grade one in Arkansas, so they got away from Epicenter. I don't think Brad wanted to take on Epicenter just yet with Cyberknife, and uh, it was the perfect move because the Arkansas horses weren't as good this year as they usually are. Cyberknife was very impressive winning Arkansas Derby. Got himself a, his ticket punched into uh, the Kentucky Derby, and, you know, Brad says he's doing all the right stuff. And Brad Cox horses, Brad's got a good plan when he comes into these races, like with Vandaloon last year and Essential Quality. And he thinks Cyberknife's going to run a huge race now. Will that mental aspect hurt him before the race? He's one of those horses like Charges, right? A lot of people around, a lot of distractions. Um, he's one you really have to watch kind of in the paddock and see how he does in the racetrack before the race. But he's very talented, and it's hard to throw Brad Cox runners out, especially in Kentucky, uh, Kentucky at Churchill Downs. So Cyber Nice to use. I would definitely use him um, in your trifectas and some other picks. And look, at 20 to 1, you got to bet a little money across the board on him, right? Chad. Appreciate you, Tom, bud. Only got about 30 seconds, but let the folks know where they can go and listen to the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, Fairgrounds Racing Podcast on, uh, if you go to your, uh, any place you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, just type in Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, download it. We have one we uploaded yesterday, myself and Mike Deliberto. We previewed the Oaks and the Derby and uh, a lot of good information on there. So uh, definitely download it, check it out, and uh, good luck on Saturday, everybody. Chad, appreciate your time, bud. Can't wait to talk to you again when the, the second leg of the Triple Crown comes around, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, give us a call. Good luck. Thanks, Ram. That's Chad Schneider of the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast helping us preview the Kentucky Derby. That's right, the Run for the Roses. 148th edition of it will be Saturday from Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. We got to take a timeout. Wrap up hour number two. That's coming up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you or the contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, for any other reason, does not matter, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches, what happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. 
It happens every single year. And there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Did Hannah Five Names team, the Seattle Mariners, peak too early? Get those votes in. Leave those comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three. Kick it off with Les East. You're listening to The Game, Louisiana, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three has arrived here on RP3 and Company, 8.04 on the clock. But not to worry. Don't be sad. We're going to finish strong. We're going to give you a great hour of sports talk. 30 minutes from right now, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, will be joining us, giving us a preview of LSU baseball series on the road at the University of Alabama. Big one for them if they can win it. Sweep would go a long way as LSU continues to try to improve their national seating, trying to get that regional at home, which would be huge for Jay Johnson's team. We'll talk about that and everything LSU with Chris coming up in half an hour from right now. We have a poll question of the day. We need your votes. We need your comments. Just make sure you're nice and polite about it. Hannah Five Names decided to hitch her wagon to the Seattle Mariners. Went against the grain. Didn't jump on a bandwagon. Didn't become a Yankees fan or a Dodgers fan. She said, no, I like Teal. Let me root for the Mariners. And it started off very well for her team. But they've hit a skid. They just got swept by the Astros. Justin Verlander, when he's in an Astros uniform and he pitches against the Mariners, it's pretty much a done deal. It's going to be a victory for the Strokes. He was very good yesterday. Astros complete the sweep of the Mariners. That leads us to our poll question, though. Did Hannah Five Names team peak too early? The last decade, they've been notorious for being the, one of the best teams in baseball in the month of April. But once May comes around, they start to fade a little bit. I personally still believe the Mariners are going to be a wild card team. They just have to get over the mental hurdle. That's the biggest thing for them. They have to not, you know, believe that they're fading like they always do. If they do that, they could be a wild card team. But that's our poll question of the day. Go vote. Yes, no, maybe, and leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to talk all things New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Pelicans with a man who covers both franchises for CrescentCitySports.com. 
It's our good friend, Mr. Les East. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Raymond. How are you? I'm doing well. First question. Are you part of the Cincinnati Reds fan base that's protesting and not going to games? Obviously, you live in New Orleans, so it's easy for you not to go to games. Uh, but are you part of this group that's rallying against ownership? Well, I don't know that I'm doing anything that would be considered rallying, but obviously they have uh, done a disservice to their fans by choosing to try and compete in the National League with a double-A team, so <laughs> I'm uh, not real enamored with them. <laughs> no, uh, Oakland's trying to do the same thing as well, and baseball just allows this to happen, which is beyond me. That's a discussion for you and I to have on another day, my friend. So, let's talk Saints first, and then we'll, get, we'll talk some Pels. What did you make of what the Saints were able to do through the draft the players that they got, and the needs that they filled? Well, I think they uh, they started off really well. I don't know if they finished quite as well. Uh, I, I think they did very well in the first round, getting um, Chris Olive, the receiver from Ohio State, was significant. They, they got a, a really uh, dynamic player at their biggest position of need, and then uh, to get the offensive lineman from um, northern Iowa um, was important also. They had to get a tackle. They had talked about trying to possibly replace Teron Armstead from within, and we'll see what happens in training camp, but they really needed a, 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 um, a real talented player to add to that mix, and they got that. Uh, for left tackle, so I thought that was excellent what they did in the in the first round. After that, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure. The the defensive back from Tennessee, uh, I think, is going to help them on special teams and might help their depth. But I, I don't know that they got an impact player with their second round pick. Um, so I'm not sure about that. Originally, I thought perhaps they would look at him at safety, and that's still a possibility. But um, obviously with the signing of Tyron Matthew, uh, they don't have significant plans for this guy at safety. So they're going to leave him at corner where he may be the the fourth or fifth cornerback. So I I don't know that they got great value there in the second round. And then linebacker and defensive line are two of the deepest positions on the team. Again, I think the special teams will be helped. with the uh, the uh, the linebacker, I guess that was uh, the the first of the Jackson twins, as uh, Dennis Allen referred to them. But uh, I don't know uh, that there's going to be much impact there. So in the first round, I give them a very good grade. After that, I give them a big question mark. But the approach is of a team in a front office that says, "Hey, we needed a couple impact players, and we needed guys on special teams." I mean, that's how that's how it felt when they were drafted. I agree with you. I like the pick of the kid out of Tennessee because it's a kind of a classic Saints pick, a guy that can play multiple positions, is versatile, and has no problems playing special teams. They love those kind of guys. Yeah, it may work out. It's just that I think his potential impact on the defense is limited for a guy you got in the second round. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I this will all be determined by how these people play 
you know, they he wasn't particularly he wasn't ranked particularly high by a lot of people. But you know, the thing with those rankings is, you know, when, when all of these analysts put together these these rankings by position, they do it in a vacuum, like who they, you know that they're comparing everybody in with the same uh, criteria and, and trying to analyze who's the best cornerback, generally speaking. But nobody drafts that way. Correct. Everybody drafts for a fit. They want somebody who fits how they play defense, who might be able to play a hybrid position. It, it, so if the guy fits what the Saints want to do better than his general ranking would suggest, then, then he's a good pick, and, and we'll see. I'm sure that's what they're banking on uh, with their second-round pick. And it could also be a fact that PJ Williams is only on the one-year deal. Maybe that th- maybe this kid out of Tennessee is his, you know, long-term replacement. Uh, after maybe they they don't they don't think they can get PJ to come back again after next year. Um, but I don't try to pretend to know what Mickey Loomis does. So uh, that's why he gets paid a lot of money less to run an NFL franchise. And you and I uh, spend our Thursdays talking about that on the radio. Well, that's true, and they also <laughs> said that uh, you can never have too many defensive backs, which I, mm. I think is true. So even if he's, you know, the fourth or fifth corner and the eighth or ninth DB, uh, that doesn't mean he's not going to have a significant role somewhere during the season, in addition to what he can do on special teams. Give me your thoughts on the fact that they didn't draft a running back. That could have been one of the needs they could have. Uh, you know, dealt with there in the second round. They opted not to, but instead they go after the kid out of Baylor as an undrafted rookie free agent, and they give him quarter of a million dollar guaranteed contract that tells me they're really high on him, Less, And I know they got Sonny Michelle, former first-round pick, coming in for a visit this week as well, uh, the former Seattle Seahawks running back. Uh, what do you think they're doing there at running back? Well, I think in the draft they never found the right uh, fit when they were picking. Uh, that that wasn't something they were going to address in the first round, and I don't think they had a player that they felt like was the best option at the time they were picking subsequent to that. But Mickey did say on Sunday that uh, running back uh, was probably something they still wanted to address and I think uh, giving the uh, guaranteed money to the Baylor running back was a, uh, an insurance policy, giving them a, a decent prospect at the position if they weren't able to do anything with a veteran. Perhaps they get something done with Sony Michelle. Uh, I don't know if the money's going to work out there or not, but I think they're definitely going to be looking at veteran free agents to see if they can get someone like a Sony Michelle to come in. And if not, they still have the, the kid from Baylor as a fallback, and, and he might still make the roster uh, or, or at least the practice roster, even if they bring in a veteran. So they, they gave themselves a plan B while they considered to, uh, looking, at a, uh, looking at the veteran crop that's still out there. So, Les, would it be safe to say that when the season begins, and we don't know Kamara's legal situation, that may not even be an issue this season if the case keeps getting pushed back, right? So he may not even have to deal with the suspension this year. But you're looking at for the upcoming season, Kamara, Ingram, the kid out of Baylor, and then another veteran guy that they're going to bring in. That's what you expect the, the depth chart to look like for the Saints at running back. 
Well, but could be. I, I wouldn't count out Tony Jones Jr. And uh, the, there's a good chance that Dwayne Washington's going to find a spot on the roster because of special teams. So it's it's not clear cut exactly what's going to happen there. But uh, the Camara situation certainly is a wild card. Uh, I th- I think they would prefer to have a uh, another veteran to lean on if there winds up being a significant suspension there. But you're right, there's no guarantee that's going to be uh, addressed this season. And they're certainly hopeful that uh, they have him for the entire season. But, you know, that that position is a work in progress. And it's a major special teams area. So the the final roster, uh, how the final roster looks is a little difficult to project at this point. We're talking with Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. It had been long speculated, but after the draft was wrapped up, they lock up Tyron Matthew, the New Orleans native LSU consensus All-American, comes home. How big of a deal is having the Honey Badger on this team playing for Dennis Allen? Well, I think it's huge. Uh, I think it's very big from a football standpoint, and I think it's just, you know, I heard on the news report about the website being shut down the NFL website being shut down briefly uh, because of the demand for his jersey. I mean, within the city and the Houdat Nation at large, it's enormous. But it, that doesn't matter if he doesn't play well, and I think he's a good fit. You and I talked about this weeks ago, how him coming here made sense certainly for him, and it made sense for the Saints. And um, they wanted to explore their options in the draft. They weren't able to get the safety uh, that they felt comfortable with. And so as uh, soon as the draft was over, they stepped up the talks because that was their primary need coming out of the draft. And he's uh, not exactly the same type of player as uh, Marcus Williams was, and yet he can have a, a similar, if not bigger, impact. He, he's a playmaker, and uh, I, I think Dennis Allen – uh, knows how to use his safeties effectively. He doesn't necessarily follow a conventional uh, strong safety, free safety format. He wants guys who can make plays all over the field, and certainly Tyron is a guy who can do that extremely well. I think it's an excellent fit. One more about the Saints, Les, before we switch over to the Pels. Obviously, running back is going to be something they're going to try to address with a, a veteran guy. They went after offensive line in the first round. What is another move the Saints are going to be doing before training camp? Uh, is it going to be on the offensive side of the football? Is it going to be finding another uh, veteran O-lineman? Well, I would think depth on the offensive line would be a possibility, but I think they would also look at tight end. Uh, you know, It looks like Taysom Hill is going to wind up being primarily a tight end this year, which is going to strengthen that position. But they don't have a whole lot of depth uh, there, uh, you know, they're still hoping that uh, Adam Troutman develops into a good young player. He's shown signs in his first two seasons of maybe being a, a serviceable tight end. But, you know, I, I think they, they probably would be comfortable if they could bring in another tight end. But at this point, they've done a pretty good job of addressing all their major needs. All right, Les, let's talk about the Pelicans. Great year for them. Terrible start to the year. Rookie head coach, no Zion Williamson, and all the weirdness that that was for about four months. Yet, they found a way to get into the playing tournament. 
win their play-in tournament games and then push the one seed uh, uh, to six games. Where do the Pels go from here this offseason? Obviously, they'll have the, the Lakers pick, which could be a lottery pick, which could be a top four pick. But what are the big priorities for the Pels this offseason? Well, I don't think they have a lot of priorities. Uh, they, they do have, in, in terms of extending contracts, they have uh, Larry Nance Jr. and uh, I think C.J. McCollum are entering the last years of their deal. So that's something they'll be working on, trying to lock them up long term. But that, that's not something where they have free agency looming uh, immediately. Uh, as far as... Uh, Adding people, I don't know that they're going to do much beyond uh, the lottery pick. You know, David Griffin said this will be a, a simpler offseason than they've had in recent seasons. I, I think they will look at ways they can tweak the roster. Uh, you know, they have like 14 guys under contract for next year, and I think all of them can play. So uh, they might look to see if they could move someone like Devontae Graham or maybe package uh, a couple of their backups to maybe get one person who could have a, a somewhat bigger role uh, because they, they just don't have opportunities for all of the guys who have shown that they're capable of playing. Uh, you know, a guy like uh, uh, Billy Hernan Gomez didn't play in the Phoenix series, and yet he's a valuable backup big guy. And you got Kyra Lewis Jr. is going to be coming back from the injury in addition to Williamson. Uh, Najee Marshall showed a lot of potential. You got the three rookies from last year, or a big part of their future. They, they, they almost have too many players. And so I think what they, if they do anything to the roster other than utilize that draft pick, which they could trade for future assets if they feel like they get better value there, uh, I, I think they might be uh, looking at subtraction as much as that looking at the possibility of addition. Could they trade Jackson Hayes in this offseason? Because they're going to have to make a decision on him just like Zion. Obviously, they're going to give Zion the max. I don't know if they can afford to do both, not to mention Jackson would have to go back to being a bench player. Do you think they move him? I think that's something they'll definitely explore. Uh, you know, he's going to—he showed signs once they moved him to power forward. He showed signs of maybe finding a home there. But if Williamson's healthy, uh, Hayes is going to be the guy who gets bumped from the starting lineup. And he, you know, because of his size, his athleticism, and his youth, uh, he's a guy who can maybe bring something significant uh, in a trade. So yeah, when they start looking at, at possibly removing people from the roster to, to sort of streamline it, uh, uh, he would be one of the guys they would definitely uh, put in the conversation uh, when they start talking to teams. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, but the good part for the Pelicans is that I think they're operating from a position of strength more so than they have in a long time. You know what, bud? You never have to worry about us removing you from our roster, my friend. You don't have to worry about that. Well, so well, thanks, Raymond. You're welcome, bud. Enjoy your weekend, brother. Try to get you some rest. <laughs> I mean, you've been really busy of late. So try to get you some rest this weekend. Enjoy maybe watching the Kentucky Derby. And we'll talk to you next week, bud. Okay. Thanks, Raymond. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll update the poll question of the day. Hey, you want to get those phone calls in? Want to try to be the game changer of the week? Time's running out. 
give us a call. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to upgrade your experience for Downtown Rising with the ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience. You can score a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids. That's right, the headliner of this year's Downtown Rising. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win VIP passes for Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids on Saturday, June the 4th. The ultimate downtown rising VIP experience is presented by Social Entertainment, Radar Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Poll question of the day. Did Hannah Five Names team peak too early? Seattle Mariners. That's what we asked you. That's what we needed votes for today with the poll question of the day. They just were swept by the Houston Astros. 36% of you say yes, but... 32% 32% say no, 32% say maybe. So we got a little bit of a dead heat going on here. JPK, the OD, says, how is 90 wins last year terrible? Feel the teal. Feel the teal. Man loves the teal. JPK, the OD, loves the teal. Absolutely. Says. I, I didn't say last year, JPK the OD. I said let's let's can can we go back and look at the last decade? Uh, we were on a fear of the teal. Don't feel the teal. Fear the teal. <laughs> say feel the teal. Uh, that's too much. Fear the teal. Feel yes. the teal. It's just too much for it's, me. Oh, Chico uh, <laughs> Chico on Twitter says Seattle still has a team? Question mark. <laughs> yes, I still like the Mariners though. I do. Thank you. I do. I'll still like them to be a wild card team. Once again, my advice to you as now you being a novice baseball fan, it's a 162-game regular season. It's a very long year. Yes. Baseball is not a sprint. It's a marathon, to use the cliche. Just pace yourself. <laughs> pace yourself. You can't be getting all that worked up and all depressed I'm by, not by a May sweep. I didn't say that you were. I'm just giving you some advice. Um, hey, won't you listen to your elder? No, 
Huh? <laughs> you calling yourself? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen, listen to your elder. Look, it takes time. I was a Braves fan for a long time before I got to see them be good. That's why I always talk about in the great year when Sid Bream crossed home played and they went to the World Series and they lost the World Series to the Minnesota Twins. I didn't think that was ever going to happen again because it never happened in my lifetime at that point. So you have to go through down years. Seattle's got nice young talent. They do. They just got to get over the mental, mental, mental roadblock here. Mental hurdle. We got this. Boom. See, there we go. There's the confidence. There's a con- And here's the great thing for you is that footsie is not the type to rub it in. Right? He's not going to come into the studio, pump up his chest, and say, hey, Seattle sucks. He's not going to do that. No. It's just it's just not how he's built, right? Kevin is the worst trash talker of all time. Like, he's just not in his DNA. He can't do it. Even when he tries to be critical of another team, he actually turns around and is critical of his own team every single time. It happens oh, yeah. every time. Hey, Kevin, you just crushed our faces beating beating my team 15 to nothing and injuring our star player for the rest of the year and he'll be like yeah but you know our middle relievers they threw too many balls in the seventh inning yeah he'll find a way to turn a positive and make it into a negative for his own team see so you you're in a safe zone here yeah I got, I got two runs yesterday so the pitcher at that time was just gonna be right Right. Well, Verlander gave up a home run. See, see, that's a negative. He'll focus in on that. That's just how he's built. And I'm not going to give you too much hell either. So you're in a nice place here. You're in a nice place. Just remain positive and watch Seattle. Because they're they're as young as I am because Andres uh, Munoz is actually 23. There we go. So we're young. Yes. We're going to get there. We, it takes I, time. It I takes mean, time. Like you said, we may be a wild card team, may go to the go to the playoffs. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be I fantastic. Like, I like your chances. Do we want to go to the World Series? No. No, not, but not this year. Could it happen in the next couple of years because of the young team we have and they're growing? Yes. J Rod's fantastic center field. Perfect. There you go. You can get the hitting better. It's fine. Boom. Long season. Yeah. There we go. We're gonna get magnets go. on our bat on our balls, I mean on our bats so that we can <laughs> yeah. just we gotta take a timeout. She's positive. She's positive about her Seattle Mariners. There we go. That's all that matters. That's my piece of advice. Remain positive. My grandfather, for so many years, when the Braves were awful, I'd spend the night over at my grandparents' house, and he'd cheer them on. He'd he'd stay up until the end of the game, and they'd lose, and he'd be mad. But in an instant, you know what he would always do? Hmm. He said, we'll get them tomorrow. Yeah. It just, he'd always go to bed happy. He'd be angry during the game, but at the end, he'd say, you know what? We'll get him tomorrow. We'll play again tomorrow. It's like, all right. That's, got, that's the attitude you have to have, especially if you're a Major League Baseball fan. Yeah. We'll just we got to take a timeout. Coming up, Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers, will join us, help preview LSU-Alabama SEC Series this weekend on the road. We'll talk other things Tigers with Chris. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. 
May 5th, 1925, Detroit center fielder Ty Cobb goes a perfect six for six with four runs scored, five runs batted in, and 16 total bases in the Tigers' 14-8 victory over the St. Louis Browns at Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Hey, it's Raymond Parts III here, better known as RP3. That pain in your back, your knees, and your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics. Growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and guess what? No surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. LSU baseball team. They have seemingly kind of turned a corner. Been inconsistent a little bit, especially early in SEC play. But right now, the Tigers, Jay Johnson's team, in his first year at the helm, are 30-14 and 14 overall, 12-9 and nine in conference play. And they have improved their standings in a lot of projections from going from being a two-seed in an NCAA regional to hosting one. Well, they got to continue finishing the season strong. And they'll do that this weekend when they travel to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Three-game series begins on Friday and will keep going Saturday, Sunday. You can listen to all three games of the series, of course, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU Athletics in southwest Louisiana. Right now to give us a preview of that series and to give us his thoughts on how things have improved as the season has progressed for the Tigers is the man who's usually on the call, the voice of the Tigers, the one and only Mr. Chris Blair. Chris, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Good, Raymond. Good to talk with you, man. Been a while. It has been a while, brother. It's been a while. So give me your thoughts here, um, what you've seen this baseball team improve upon and what they still need to maybe work on since the beginning of the season till right now. Well, I think, you know, number one, I think Jay Johnson, you know, coming into this year, uh, you know, every new coach always has to, you know, kind of get acclimated, learn the players, players learn the coach. That's always kind of a given. I think it was interesting this year, Raymond, because he came in with uh, a really a good group foundation of guys returning from a year ago under Coach Palmineri. He also brought a few transfers, not only from Arizona, but from other parts of the country, uh, like Eric Raiselman out of USF, out of San Francisco. And then, of course, a, a group of freshmen that, you know, again, highly touted, very talented, but he didn't necessarily recruit them. So I think there was kind of this three groups, constituencies, if you will, that 
they kind of had to meld together. Um, and, you know, along with the new coach and not just Jay, but, you know, the new staff. Um, and it's really been fun to watch these guys grow as a team and as a brotherhood. And, you know, this past weekend, uh, when Drew Brees was there on Sunday to kind of give a pregame speech there at the box, throwing out the first pitch, one of the things he talked about was, you know, being for each other and playing for each other. And, you know, I think to me, just, you know, get a chance to travel with them, get to be around them, you know, a good many days per week. I think that's kind of where we've seen this team make some serious growth. Um, and not to mention that they're just awfully talented. And, you know, I think they kind of now have an idea of what the lineup should look like. It'll change occasionally against a left-handed pitcher. But I think Josh Pearson, the freshman out of North Louisiana, Josh Stevenson from your neck of the woods, brother of Andrew Stevenson, you know, those two freshmen added to Dylan Cruz, Jacob Berry, Kate Doty, and, and Trey Morgan. Now all of a sudden it, it becomes a little more of a stiff lineup to compete with. I mean, Stevenson in the ninth spot now, um, always going to give you a good at bat, super athletic, uh, plays great in left field. And then he turns it over to Josh Pearson, who's really come into his own as a leadoff hitter. He had a monster night on Tuesday with two home runs. Um, and then the other guys I mentioned, which are some of the top players in the country. So I just think it's more about coming together as a team more so than was this team talented enough to win a bunch of baseball games and put themselves in a position to possibly, you know, not only get into the NCAA regional, but host. So I think that's what we've watched this evolution over the last two to three months. And also, Chris, you know, the schedule was loaded with tougher competition earlier, especially in conference play, right? So they were gonna they were gonna be tested early on. And I know a lot of coaches actually like that. They like their team to be tested earlier because when you get towards the tail end of the season, or in particular when you get ready for the SEC tournament or a regional, your team has been tested, but they also are a little bit more of a veteran ball club by that by that point. How much has that played a role as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a difficult schedule. I mean, it's one of the more difficult, obviously, in the SEC. And I think we all found out that Texas A&M, Coach Schlossnagel, he's a pretty good coach. Yeah. And A&M, where a lot of people thought was going to be in a rebuilding year, actually has played very well. Um, and that, that speaks to, to the coaching that, that Schlossnagel delivers, which shouldn't surprise anybody. I think Auburn, again, is a team that offensively is as good as anybody in the country. Uh, so you played those two out of the gate, and you know suddenly there's all these question marks. Well, wait a minute. LSU lost two series at home to Texas A&M and Auburn. Tell me it can't be true. But, again, I think we found out that these are two pretty good teams. Um, and, you know, it's not going to get easy, but I, I agree with you. I think that the fact that this team has played some really difficult series, obviously on the road at Arkansas, um, but then getting some of the series wins they've been able to get here. I think the Georgia series this past weekend – uh, I couldn't get anybody to agree with me that it was a must-win series, but they all said it was highly, highly, highly important, uh, underscoring the highly. Um, so I think they've been battle-tested, and it's like this weekend. You go to Alabama, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, a much-improved Alabama team that has struggled here of late, but there's nothing LSU hasn't seen. Uh, there's going to be no surprises now for this team. I mean, they went to Florida, picked up a series win there. Uh, again, went to Arkansas and got it handed to them. Um, so I think they're, they know what to expect now, um, even with some of the new guys that are, are in this lineup. So I think that bodes well playing that tougher schedule early. And I think it prepares you for not only what remains in the SEC, but what's going to remain in Hoover, which is going to be just a knockdown, dragout tournament, and then on into the NCAAs. 
Blake Money, he started off so strong as as one of the guys in the rotation. He he struggled some here of late. And, you know, the skipper Johnson says, hey, you know, they may, you know, change things up this weekend. What do you expect them to do to get Blake back on track to get his confidence back, Chris? I think we may see him in a different role. Um, you know, again, I don't know any information, but if you read uh, the tea leaves a little bit uh, from what Jay Johnson talked about Monday night on his radio show, uh, Coach Jason Kelly, the pitching coach, was on the, the local sports talk station in Baton Rouge this week kind of talking about how, you know, they, they've patched together this, this pitching staff with really no long-term starter, meaning Mikel Hilliard probably goes as deep as any of the starters we've seen this this season, especially in SEC play, but you're looking at five or six. So you automatically know you've got to have, you know, the back-end middle relief as well as a finisher and closer. And that's what they've been able to do, and they've done it successfully. So now when you're looking to try to jumpstart Blake Money, who pitched well early in the season and then had the little wrist issue and, and since then really hasn't been as sharp and as consistent, I think you're going to see him maybe come in as an early reliever. I think they may go with a different starter in game two by design that Blake Money's going to come in maybe in the third, maybe the fourth inning, and then see how far he can go there uh, and see if maybe just a different mindset coming in out of the bullpen as opposed to having the pressure of going out and starting the game. Uh, see if he can relax a little bit, uh, rely on his talent, rely on what he knows he can do well. And we'll see if that's the case. But I, that's my theory. We'll, we'll all have to find out and wait. Jay Johnson keeps that stuff kind of close to the vest. He'll give you some ideas. Uh, but until we get out to the ballpark on Saturday, um, you know, who knows? But I kind of think that's where he's going to be. And, you know, Jay even mentioned to me Monday that we may see Blake Money in the midweek, uh, you know, against Nichols on Tuesday night. That didn't come to fruition. I think a lot of it had to do with, there wasn't really a need after LSU got the big lead early, but I think he's going to be kind of the early reliever. We're talking with Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, let's talk about this weekend series. Uh, Alabama is improved. You know, they're a program that that had a great run of tradition there under Jim Wells, but that's been, you know, 20 years. They're trying to get back to being a consistent program. They've had some struggles of late, but what kind of challenges do the Crimson Tide present Jay Johnson's team? Well, they do have a very good offense, and I think Coach Bohannon's done a great job of, again, taking over there and having to build from you know the bottom floor up. And they've gotten more talented over the last couple of seasons just by some of the recruiting classes they've been able to bring in. So, you know, they come in 25 and 20. I think they were one of the surprising teams, Raymond, to be honest with you, um, because we have gotten used to Alabama kind of, you know, uh, they'll probably be near the bottom of the right. SEC West. and. And unfortunately, they, they kind of are now because they've had two tough series. Georgia took two of three in Tuscaloosa, and then you know the South Carolina Gamecocks kind of tr- trending in the right direction right now over in the east. Uh, they were able to sweep them at home in Columbia. Um, but it's going to be a, a tough battle, and you know they're 19-8 and eight at home. Um, you know, LSU, this is the first time they've been on the road in two weeks. The last time it didn't go so well in Fayetteville, certainly not comparing the Tide to the Razorbacks. Um, but they're going to have to be ready. They've got two really good arms that will start the weekend. They also have a lefty we expect to see in game three on Sunday. And lefty pitching in the SEC has given LSU some pause, uh, you know, at the plate. So that's that's one of the concerns. Um, but I think the momentum LSU is carrying right now on paper, you got to go with the Tigers feeling good 
about what they can do in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. But Alabama's not going to be a pushover. Uh, and I, I think I'd much rather be playing them at home, Raymond, if they hadn't been swept and hadn't lost two out of three in the last two weekends. Um, you know, I think they're a better team than that record indicates, which probably means it's going to be a battle. When it's all said and done, brother, and I know we still got, you know, a couple weekends, uh, not only this weekend, but obviously Ole Miss and then Vandy and then the SEC tournament, but it sure does feel like the team is trending towards hosting a regional. Do you think when it's all said and done that you'll be in uh, Alex Box Stadium calling uh, the play-by-play for an NCAA regional? I think so. I mean, I you know, again, and this is just a quick perusal of the upcoming schedule for, for the teams around us. I mean, you look at LSU at the moment, kind of sitting there behind Arkansas. And, again, the Razorbacks are a very good team uh, with a very good coach. Uh, but their schedule could, could allow someone like LSU, possibly Auburn, to even catch them uh, or at least make it interesting headed down into the final weekend uh, of, of the SEC race. Uh, Tennessee, obviously, is way and far ahead of everybody. But in the East, you have a similar situation as to who's going to finish second there. I think if LSU can somehow find its way to get a top four seed in the in the Hoover tournament, get that first round by, uh, be able to, to then position themselves to maybe pick up a couple of wins in Hoover, and if they can probably finish out anywhere 16, 17 wins in SEC play, I mean, I just think that I think the committee looks at LSU and having won those 16, 17 SEC games kind of seeing that they're playing their best baseball this time of the year. I think it's hard for that committee to look at Alec Box Stadium and the ravenous passion for baseball in South Louisiana and say, no, we'd rather send a regional somewhere else. So that's kind of where I am. And, you know, I, I think if things continue in the right direction, I, 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 I do expect to be here that opening weekend of the NCAAs watching LSU play at the box. Chris, appreciate your time as always, brother. Keep up the tremendous work there as the voice of the LSU Tigers, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, Raymond, good to hear from you, man. Let's do it again. That's Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers, joining us. I, I, I agree with Chris, and I like his thought that Blake money could be used in a, in a different way and it may be the best thing for them as him be that guy that can eat up a bunch of innings coming out of the bullpen. We'll see. Big series this weekend on the road against Alabama. Got to take our final time out of today's show. Get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just a reminder Astros, Tigers, live from Minute Maid Ballpark tonight. 710 first pitch, and you can listen to all the action right here on the game. You're home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. I want to take a moment to thank our guest as well for helping make this tremendous Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. Well, tremendous. Chad Schecksneider previewing the Kentucky Derby. He was good. Got to book him again moving forward for the rest of the Triple Crown races. Les East, talking Saints, talking Pels. And, of course, Chris Blair talking all things LSU. Our poll question of the day is in reference to the Seattle Mariners being swept by the Houston Astros yesterday afternoon. Verlander was good. Not great, not perfect, but very good and good enough as he now improves to 7-1 and one overall 
in his career versus the Mariners as a member of the Houston Astros in a 7-2 win yesterday. That completes the sweep. Astros are trending upwards. Seattle's trending downwards right now, but it's a long season, 162 games. That's what I keep telling Hannah Five Names about her Mariners. They're all about fearing the teal. They love the teal. But we asked you, did Hannah Five Names' team peak too early? That's what the Mariners have been doing for the better part of the last decade, just not last year, JPK, though, Dave. Just so we're clear. We asked you, 39% of you say yes, but 31% say maybe, and 30% of you say no. My advice to you, producer extraordinaire, keep your head up. It's a long season. And you know what? You play another game today. That's the great thing about baseball. You get to play another one tomorrow, as my grandfather would say. She's now dancing, which I support. Still don't understand how you want to cheer dance. Still, still puzzled by that. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo, yes. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> For the producer extraordinary, Hannah Five Names. I'm Raymond Parts, the third better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9.